listen, I'm going to be the first to admit that when I hear the term financial literacy, at surface level, it seems kind of complicated. But when we really start to break things apart and really try and figure out what it really means, I encourage each and every one of you listeners to just look at the word literacy, right? How often do how often do you really use that word in your everyday language, you know? And I feel for people because the word financial or anything finances related that turns people off. Now, my plight to you and this is only going to come with a lot of practice and commitment to doing the work is don't be intimidated by the words financial literacy or the idea of being financially literate. See, the concept of financial literacy, when you think about it, it's actually a lot more intuitive than one would think, right? It just means being knowledgeable enough to feel confident when you go about making your spending decisions or managing your personal finances and just, on the whole, dealing with the stress or emotions that go along with a financial decision, right? And, of course, being knowledgeable in financial literacy can mean a lot of different things, like knowing the difference between different types of saving strategies or being able to make or keep a budget for that matter, right? And understanding some of the basics when it comes to doing taxes, that kind of thing. It also means being aware of just how important it is to save or plan for your retirement because we all know what comes after a long career, right? Just kicking it back and doing your own thing. Financial literacy covers a lot of different things. And I know the idea of it can seem really daunting. But believe me, you don't need to be a financial expert in order to appreciate the importance of understanding what exactly financial literacy is. The important thing is just knowing enough to feel confident when you go about making financial decisions that are specific to whatever situation you find yourself in, or just being able to ask the right questions. Moral of the story is, being financially literate can help ensure your personal finances remain in a healthy state. So, where does this really leave us, you know? I could think of a lot of things, but... Collectively, there's just a lot of work that needs to be done, and I feel that we still have a long way to go, especially when it comes to financial awareness, knowledge, and appreciating the importance of just being proactive with your finances. Just from what I know, there are tons of resources available at our fingertips, but as with the case, or as is the case with a lot of different tasks, daunting tasks, I have to add. How to go about getting started, that's the problem.
you know. And I'm going to go about personalizing things because what better way to explain things than with an example, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic, or we're, we're close to the end. You know, vaccines are on the horizon, but just kicking things back a bit. When I look at COVID-19, right, pandemics like this are a generational event. And obviously, generational events like this, they make us do a lot of thinking. And sometimes that thinking isn't necessarily in a bad way, you know? It's actually more of a good kind of thinking or a necessary thing that has to happen in order for us to build wealth, right? The pandemic, right, it helped us raise awareness and just even those who weren't really comfortable, per se, with talking about their finances, right, they they started having these conversations and having conversations about your personal finances or your financial situation or where you stand, that's the key to moving forward or getting better at managing, you know? Obviously, because of the way it touched the economy and made financial forecasts look bleak, right? A lot of people, they learned to pivot. And that showed us the importance of managing your finances and just planning for tomorrow because obviously, sometimes the future is bleak or the future is rocky. You know, and we need to plan for that. We need to be able to withstand that storm that comes, you know, and while a pandemic is rare, it's important that all of us just pull up our pants and be proactive with our financial situation. So just thinking about financial literacy again, right? It's getting tossed around in a lot of different conversations nowadays, and I feel that that's a good thing. You know, I'm just of the personal belief that talking about financial literacy or knowing financial literacy or what makes a person financially literate, right? That kind of thing equips us with the knowledge that is going to make us better able to survive the storms that may or may not come our way, you know? But we can't let that traction wane. See, for something as dense as this, it requires a lot of knowledge to really become an expert at it. But to get out of the situation of just surviving and moving on to thriving, I don't feel that you have to be an expert, you know? You just have to be savvy with your finances, you know? Being savvy is what's going to allow you to build generational wealth. And I got to add a disclaimer here. I'm definitely not an expert on financial literacy, but I'm extremely hungry to learn, and I know a lot of my contemporaries, they share that same hunger. So, we just got to keep talking about it and just look for different ways to become savvier in that sense, you know? So the guest that I invited on today, 
she's super financially savvy and she for a while now she's been juggling a lot of different things and lord knows how but she has made it work and i invited her on today because she's really knowledgeable about a lot of different things in the financial literacy aspect or financial literacy side of things so i'm gonna cut my segment short and just have her introduce herself because man today's gonna be a good session all right so let's get the ball rolling Yeah, so how's it going? It's going well. It's about to go outside soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to introduce yourselves to the listeners? Okay, so I am Kalisha. I'm the founder of I'll Never Be Broke Again. Um, it's a financial Instagram page where I provide um, financial like tips and tricks that I personally follow myself. Um, to help me on my financial journey. I'm 23. I have a background in social service work. I have my diploma in social service work. I have a degree in forensic psychology, and, and I'm in the process of getting my master's in um, higher education at U of T. I'll be done that in December. So pretty much it oh I also I work full-time at the Canadian Mental Health Association as a program coordinator for your mental health and addictions peer support program um but yeah that's pretty much it oh one thing I love to do for fun I like to roller skate so (laughs) nice nice so you really do have a diverse background educationally speaking but I just want to know how did the the business get started. Yeah. So <laughs> I love to shop. I am a shopaholic. Um, so I can definitely like say I'm, I love it. It's like, it gives me like this type of joy, a joy. I don't know what it does to me, but anytime I'm sad, first thing I want to do is like buy something. So I realized like from, I started working when I was 16 at McDonald's, shout out to McDonald's. Um, so I started working there when I was 16 and it's like my paycheck would come in on Thursday and it would be done by Saturday. And that I just got into that vicious cycle of just spending all my paycheck. So then I have to wait. I'm like scraping for money by the end of, by the end of the two weeks before my next paycheck comes in. So I was like, okay, like, you know what? Like enough is enough. Um, so I was doing that from 16 to, when did I start to pay 2020? So 16 to 22, I was doing that. Um, and then I was with my partner at the time and we were trying to get our finances in order because we were trying to start saving for a house. And I said, you know what? Like enough is enough. Like I need to get get it going. My mom always has told me, oh my God, there's like another package at the door for you. There's this, there's that. Like you need to stop spending and wasting your money and blah, blah, blah. I never really listened to her, but um, my mom, she works in the bank as well. So she's like big on finance and big on mm-hmm. like, you know, having your money, having everything ready for when you're older. 
but I would never listen. So yeah, I finally listened to her and I like, you know what? I need to start, I need to open an RRSP. I need to open a TFSA. I need to start getting these. I need to start paying myself first and starting my savings so that I'm not just working in this vicious cycle of buying things and like things that I don't even need. Like I have gone through my closet multiple times and thrown out clothes with tags on them. I've found like disco balls in my closet and I don't know why I bought a disco ball. I bought two disco balls. I don't know what I did when I was doing, but I ended up buying two disco balls. Um, so certain things like that, like I was just wasting my money. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I need, I want to hold myself accountable. I love the color pink. So I'm like, okay, I could, this could be fun. I can get on Canva. I can like, you know, I love to create things. So I'm like, I can get on Canva. I can do all this fun stuff and make it nice. So I started it. I, I, the name came to me. I um, just started the Instagram. And then from there, it just like blew up. <laughs> I really like that like, a lot. And there's one thing that you mentioned um, when you're just going over how the business started. You mentioned paying yourself first, right? And I know a lot of Gen Zers and millennials like myself, um, money comes in, it flies out really, really quickly. You know, yeah. and that whole idea of just making sure that we pay ourselves first. I don't think we, we think about that. Uh, no, I was going to say it's so true. It's so true because like we, we think, okay, money comes in. I have to pay my car payment, I pay my car insurance. I have to do this. I have to do that, whatever. And then like before, and then like, you know, I also want to have fun. So I'm going to like, you know, spend the other bit that's left. But then like, then you go back to work for those next 10 days that you work. Um, if you work Monday to Friday or you work the five days out of the week. So you work, um, you go back for the next 10 days before your next pay. And then like you're working again and then it comes back up, comes back up again and you have to pay your bills again. So if you don't really allocate a certain amount of money, a certain amount of percentage or whatever works for you to pay yourself first, you're just going to be working forever. <laughs> and that whole living paycheck to paycheck and just managing, it just doesn't sit right with me because the name of the game is building generational wealth, right? And in order to do that, just being financially savvy is needed. And I just want to know, in your honest opinion, what does financially savvy mean? Or what does it mean to be financially literate? Um, it just, to me, it's pretty like basic. Like you just got to know, like not everybody's financial journey is the same, right? So I find like a lot of people will want to just copy other people. And it, what's working for somebody might not work for you. So once you find that thing that works right for you and, and like get like getting the knowledge, basic knowledge, like, you know, how to do a budget, different types of budgets, how just learning that basic, that basic knowledge about finances and TFSAs and RSPs and, and, you know, how fortunate Canada is to have these, these things available for, for their people. And um, just having just, you know, getting all that knowledge and, and doing all that stuff, then that's it. You're, that's basically how you can be like you know financially savvy and how you can and like the importance and it's like I just feel like Canada is so like I don't know what the word is um we're so like we're so lucky I should say we're fortunate to have all these things like the tools are there the tools mm -hmm. are there it's just now who's gonna reach for the tools yeah because yeah. our plate is going to keep getting full. And if we eat what's there, then we're going to get the nutrients that we need to sustain ourselves, right? If we don't tap into the resources that are there, we're not going to really get the best or most out of what there is to offer, right? So just talk to me about incentive, because you mentioned that there are incentives to making use of the resources that are there. Um, 
I know when I hear that there are incentives for something, that's how, and that's why I immediately tap into something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, It's like participation and, um, and engagement goes up like 79%. I read that somewhere, but it goes up 79% if, if an incentive is like given. So if we like actually really look at like what the incentives are for like certain type of financial um, things with your bank or anything like that, like you're going to want to get in on it. If you actually do the research and you want it, like I, I'll talk about the, my TFSA mutual fund incentive. So mm-hmm. I pay money into it. It's mutual fund is like a, for those who don't know, it's like a stock that's held within the bank. So the bank manages it. Um, so I held my, I hold my money. I, I, you know, I pay into it every time I get paid. Um, and my, the incentive is like, if the stock is performing well, I get more money from, from, I get more money than I put in. Right. And if I hold the money in the account, my, the same amount, I keep, con- keep contributing, um, everything that I hold the money in there, um, it's going like they have like they had this chart. It showed me how much money it could potentially get to if the stock performs well and everything like that um, within like 15 years. I could have this much money in, in, in the account. So it shows me the long run. They've done all their calculations and everything for me. So that is like a bit of like an incentive for me because I'm like, OK, so I don't have to put in this much. But by the end of 15 years, I'm going to get this much. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. having conversations with myself about where I am and where I need to be and where I want to be. Just reconciling the three. Sometimes it makes me feel that, hey, I'm starting too late or, oh, you know, past my time, it's too late to do this. But just in your own, in your own opinion, is there ever a right time or is it ever too late or is that idea incorrect? You know? Yeah. No, it's never too late. (laughs) I've, it's never too late. Um, I always tell, I did a uh, workshop with a bunch, with some youth who are under 17, under 18, sorry. So, you know, just get, gaining like the little bit, a little, like they obviously can't open um, those stock accounts and those types of that stuff yet, not until they're 18. But what they can do is they can start getting to the habit of, okay, I'm saving 50% of my paycheck and I'm living off half my income. I'm, I'm creating a budget. So I know I'm making sure that when I get paid, this goes to this. I'm creating different, like positive um, financial methods that they can follow um, that when they start getting older and, t- and taking on more expenses, then they can um, they already have like, you know, an idea of what they were, what they've been doing from before. So those, but I've also encountered people who are like in their thirties that are wanting to get started, who are my mom. I feel like uh, she, so she started when she was like in her, like, or like forties, started when she's in her forties. Mm-hmm. Like, enough is enough. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm, I'm literally in this house. I'm, I'm like becoming house poor because all my money's going to this house. I need to get it together. And I have nothing except for my retirement. She when she was 40. And within now it's been seven years. She's 47. Like insane what seven years can do if you're actually serious and you're actually like, you know, you start learning about the stock market. You start learning about all these different, all these different things, her RSP, her TFSA, she's doing all that stuff and she works for the bank. Um, and like, you know, so she's able to, you know, ask around and get the knowledge that she needs and, and, and speak to whoever. And, you know, she's doing, she's doing well. It's been seven years and she's doing really well. Like she's literally done like a full, like switch from, from what I, what I used to see. So I'm really, really proud of her. Yeah. 
we love to see that kind of thing, you know? And I'm just wondering in terms of asking the right questions, where can people go, you know, in order to get those tips and tricks in terms of understanding the lingo and. Yeah, totally. So, okay. So my thing, okay. My thing is like, you can go to the bank and you can ask the bank, you can go on Google and ask Google, but they might get you here getting like, you're going to see these terms that you're, that might scare you. You're going to see all these big terms. You're going to, you're going to be like, what's that? How do I get like, you know what I mean? And I have nothing against financial advisors. Like, obviously they're the ones that have to open the account for you. And I, and you know, they're the ones that you're going to have to be dealing with, but it's always good to talk to people in it, in your circle. And if there's nobody in your circle that, that, that have lived experience, because it's one thing to have the knowledge. I'll use it like this, like what we do at my work. So I have the, the educational knowledge. I know the background stuff behind social work and behind psychology and forensic psychology. I know all that stuff. So I'm able to do the job, right? But I can't really connect and help with the clients because I've never been in their shoes. I've never been, right. I've never had, like, I've never had serious mental health issues. I've never had addictions issues. I've never been, you know, an alcoholic. I've never had any of those things. So I can't really, I can provide them peer support, but I don't really, there's going to be a gap. There's going to always be a gap. So with my program, we give them, um, I hire on five people who, who have lived experience, who are recovering alcoholics, who are who have been inside the criminal justice system, all this stuff like that. And they now help them and support them. And I just oversee it all. So bringing that back to finance, you can have like the financial advisor and yourself, but there's always going to be that gap. Right? right. Because and I find like a lot of the, a lot of people like like our age um, in their twenties and stuff like that, they're, they're, we don't have time for that gap. If we feel any gap, we feel like, okay, now this is not for us and we're leaving. We don't, we don't, we're not going to stick it out. We're not going to do anything like that. So surround yourself with people that have, that are doing it. Surround yourself with people that are like, you know, go out and meet people, talk about it, see what, see who's like, you know, I have, I have people that I talk to that I've probably, I've never met or I've met maybe once or twice, but we talk like almost mm-hmm multiple times a week about Mm -hmm. finances and about like you know so go out there and like say and like I want to learn I want to learn and everybody wants to share everybody wants to share like on like that's why a lot of people connect with my Instagram um on every book again because I'm very 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 like what's transparent I'm open like you know I'll set some goals for a month I'll only probably get one of the one out of the five goals I'm posting it I'm I'm very open and I'm very and I break it down for for people to understand, you know, there's no gap because I'm, I'm currently living it right now with them. They can see how much debt I have. They can see my plan to pay it off. They can see all that stuff. So, you know what I mean? Does that kind of make sense? No, it, it definitely does. Um, like personally, I follow the page so like, I can see the nitty gritty that, um, that you go through on daily and it just makes things a lot easier to follow and a lot more encouraging because I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing someone like me that's going through this. So I have all the more reason to give it a try, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm appreciative of that. So thank you for that. (laughs) So I know you're not a financial advisor, but I've always wondered, like, just talk about budgeting, you know? How has your journey with budgeting gone? Like, is, has it been linear, nonlinear? Mm, definitely non-linear it has not been a walk in the park mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's it depends on the month it depends on what 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 happens it depends on I changed my budget so much you would like it's insane how mm-hmm. much I changed my budget um I'm like 
because like one moment I'll like make a plan. I'm like, this is the plan I want to stick to. And the other moment I'm like, no, this is taking too long and I can do it this way. And I try to like revamp it and change it this way. Like my June budget does not like the one I made in my head right now does not match the one on my page because I've changed it now. And I'm, and I'm testing it out because I'm going to launch it in July, maybe if it works out. So it, it constantly changes. So like your bud, like people budget, like people make a monthly budget and they think that's it. That's not, that's not it. You are literally like looking at that budget and making sure you're on track of that budget weekly. It's almost like homework. It's forever homework that you'll never, that that's never going to go away. You know, and if you're serious about your finances, you're really going to be adjusting your budget and fixing it and making sure you're on track, like weekly, if not every two weeks. So yeah, like it's not, my budget has changed so much. Oh my God. Like I've, I've, added subtracted cut down got a pay raise did this did that like it's changed so much so it's literally just about like staying sticking to it figuring out which budgeting method works well for you depending on you know your situation and testing it out and I always tell people like I can sit with you because I sit with with people and I create budgets with them like I could sit with you and create this budget and which is fine but something could happen and you could call me back in two weeks and say, I need to fix my budget, you know, or you can say, Oh, like, you know, Cal, I fixed, my, I've changed my budget. So you, it, it changes. It's never the same. It's never going to, it's, it's, it all. And like, you know, and it's a good thing that it changes because that shows that, you know, things are happening, things are moving, things are growing. It's not this, it's not like, you know, no, definitely. And I guess that's really encouraging to hear because again, myself included, when I come up with a budget, I'm like, you know what? I've done the hard, like, and I know this is going to sound really stupid, but um, I'm thinking in my head, Hey, you know what? I've sat down, done the hard work, come up with the budget. And that's, that's really the hard stuff, you know? So I'm actually just following along with it and me thinking, or me actually seeing that it's okay for it to change that, that puts me a lot more at ease you know, because I'm, I used to be one of the people, um, literally up until you said that, um, that (laughs) thought, you know what, if it changes, what do I do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And then people, a lot of people get like overwhelmed when it changed, when it like things are happening, it's not following. And they're like, Oh, it's not, it's not working out for me. And then they just like, it's so easy to go back into your old ways. It's so easy. Like, believe me, I'm, I'm a sucker for that like the May was horrible for me. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about financial literacy, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know what does financial resilience mean? You know, because mm. one thing is understanding how to move around with your finances and how to make things work. Mm-hmm. in a way that benefits you and those that come after you but I just want to know financial resilience and what that means yeah um it's just it's it's funny I gotta find that quote um I I it's like nothing's gonna be nothing like nobody's financial thing like once they make the plan that we were saying it's not gonna stay it's not gonna like stuff's gonna happen May was I on my page when I said like May was a bad month for me like in terms of my finances like everybody was saying like yeah it is it is it is but what's what what's the difference is a lot of people were saying yeah it wasn't it was a bad month for me but now june is going to be better right you it's your it's bouncing back like you don't just say okay it was bad that's it 
like, okay, June's going to be bad too. July's going to be bad. August is going to be bad. You really look at it and say, okay, I can see what I did wrong and I can bounce back and, and change. And you know what I mean? And then a lot of people are like, you know, they joined the 20 no spend challenge, 20 days, no spend challenge. They joined um, like a couple other challenges that I, that I, that I'm doing. It's, And, you know, and like, and they're even like DMing me like, okay, like, you know, I, I hit my, I hit all my budget goals this, this past paycheck. Hopefully, you know, the next one I'm going to do the same. So it's not, it's like, it's not like you can have mess ups and you can think, you know, you can have those stuff, but you have mm-hmm. to just, it's almost like bouncing, like you have to bounce back. Yeah. And just because you have a mess up doesn't mean that it's the end. Like I've, if I, if I, if every mess up, I said it was the end, I, poof, I would not be where I was. <laughs> I am today yeah yeah oh, that's important here and I'm sure the listeners will take this in stride and um like if they put that into practice then it'll be to their benefit you know yeah and another thing you know I remember earlier on on your page you emphasized the importance of credit mm-hmm. talk about credit in your 20s mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta keep it up you got to keep it up. I kind of use it as a competition and I'm trying to get into 800 club because it's a dope club to be in. <laughs> and that's the 800 credit score club because you could have Canada runs off credit. You could have money, you could have all this stuff, mm-hmm. but if you don't have credit, they're not looking at you. And if they're looking at you, their interest rate is through the roof, right? You need to have credit. You want to buy a house, you need to have credit. You want to get a car, you need to have credit. And I stress this a lot. Like you need to, people don't even know their credit score. You need to monitor it and you need to figure out what impacts it, what doesn't impact it, all this stuff like that. So I have like, I love the credit segment I did on my page that one week where I spoke mm-hmm. all about credit and you need to realize like, this if I pay this payment late it's gonna affect my credit score if I don't it might boost it up I need to keep my score you know in the excellent range so that I can make the right choices when I'm like and it's it's very easy to bring your credit score down but it's very difficult to bring it back up right so don't give yourself all that work just mm-hmm. maintain it and you know keep it yeah keep it where it needs to be mm-hmm. so when you talk about your credit score going up being difficult versus it dropping relatively quickly right um are you starting at a baseline right and then you work your way up or it all it all like when you when you turn 18 you get a credit card like you have like it's like you have no credit in a sense then you get a credit card and then you finally like you I I can't I don't know what score you start at but like they're watching you to watch to see like how how you you monitor how you're able to monitor um and manage your your credit the credit card that they give you um and then that's how it happens I'm not really sure what it starts at or even if it starts at a number um but that's a very good question actually but it all depends because like my credit score was up down left right name it it was everywhere because I got a car at 19 mm-hmm. um paying my car off um and so that's helped out my credit card but my then my credit card was like maxed and mm-hmm. my partner at the time came into some money and um he gave me he paid off my credit card it was it was like max and he paid it off and mm-hmm. then um from there it's been like I've been able to manage it if it wasn't for him thank god for him at the time because <clears throat> then because my credit score was getting was like crazy because it was over the 30 percent utilization right so it was going down 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 mm-hmm. um and i couldn't pay it because i was working at mcdonald's i was in school mm-hmm. and then 
he paid it for me. But and then so like once I so it's kind of almost like I got a second chance, right? So I would never max it again because I don't feel like the chance would ever come back again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, moral of the story, don't max your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So credit and debt, right? We need credit to move around in the system. Yeah. Right? And when I see credit mm-hmm. or when I hear of credit, sometimes I think of debt, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about good versus bad debt. Yes. Yes. So good debt, a car, uh, as if you're paying, if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. house, school debt, good debt, like is like any type of debt that'll get you ahead. That's how I look at it. Yeah. That will get you that will get you ahead. So I'm I decided I was gonna go into debt, forty thousand dollars worth of debt for school because I know that that's gonna secure me a job in the future that I can be able to, you know, live my life the way that I want to. Right. So I took that, I took that, I took that. So that's good debt, you know. If I go out and I go on a five thousand dollar shopping spree with with my credit card. Then yep. there's the issue, right? You know what I mean? Like, was that a need? Did you need that shopping spree? Probably not. I could have picked up a couple of pieces of clothing, use my use my debit card, and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that those are like the that's how I look at good debt and bad and bad debt. Like having a house is to me is 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 very good debt because you, there's a lot of things you can do once you own a house, right? Having multiple multiple rental properties, that is a very good way to that's mm-hmm. very that's very very good so yeah and sort of tying in the idea of credit and debt so I see on my credit card that I have or not even that um again I have debt right yeah a lot of it and I'm just wondering how do I pay it off is there a specific order in which I got to pay off those debts it's all depends on what you want to do because there's two different payoff debt methods. There's the debt avalanche method and the debt snowball method. So like the snowball is you pick the smallest and you knock it off. Um, you, like the smallest like amount that you owe, you knock it off because yeah. it, it helps you like, you know, you obviously knock it off fast on your other debts and then you pay the minimum on the other debts. Right. And then the avalanche is the, is looking at the interest rate, which one has the highest interest rate. And then you pay, or excuse me, you pay that off. Um, you pay off the high interest rate first and then you pay the minimum on the rest. And then, you know, this helps you pay the least amount of interest. So it all depends on like, you know, what method you want to follow, what method like works with you and what method you want to follow. Um, I love the snowball method. I'm doing the snowball method right now. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I technically only have one debt right now because I'm still in school. Um, which, so my, my one debt right now will be my car. Um, but it all works out where my car will be finished, paid for, and then my school debt will start. So, um, but if I had both of them going right now, I would just be paying the minimum on my school and then just like literally like dumping money on my car every time I, every opportunity I got. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Now, another thing that I've wondered right? Just moving away from debt because no one wants to stay in debt for that long. (laughs) Um, What are different ways that 
I can move quickly out of debt. Sacrifice. Nobody wants to sacrifice. Literally sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Down to the bare minimum. Yeah. Living on the bare minimum. And and like literally like, yeah, like so no say bye-bye to your friend outings. Say bye-bye to like, you know, if you go on trips a lot, <clears throat> say goodbye to all those things and literally like put your blinders on, buckle down and just do it. Mm-hmm. The only way to move through it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, everything that you've talked about, financial literacy, credit, debt, right? I just want to shift things over and make things a bit more specific to the time that we're in right now, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Thankfully, uh, vaccines are on the horizon, you know, but I know that a lot of people, myself included, right, pandemic hits, that gave me time to assess my financial situation. And I'm just wondering, does a pandemic or just any sort of generational event like this, is that something that makes people like us really just sit down and really analyze our financial picture or? Um, yeah, like it all depends. Like it depends on the person because the pandemic hit right for everybody, but I wasn't affected because I'm a frontline worker. Yeah. Right. Even like even when I changed jobs, like I got a new job in, in November, I still wasn't affected. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> some people lost their jobs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it all depends. Like it all like some some people it opened their eyes, some people it didn't really affect. So it all depends on the situation. Um, but like one thing about the pandemic, I could say that like if anybody could have could take from it is that nothing is promised. Exactly. And we can have, <clears throat> we can be living our best lives, wasting our money. But what happens when we lose our job and we're only getting, you know, 55% of our pay from EI? Right. They can't, we can't live off of that. We're only getting to the $2,000, the SERP, $2,000 a month. And I can't live off that because I was used to making almost 5000 a month. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can't. So <clears throat> it's important to get your finances in order so that if anything happens like this, you have an emergency savings. You have all those stuff ready. You're able to, you know you're able to to survive and you're able to pay your your bills and do what you got to do exactly so this if this, this pandemic just kind of sh- if anybody if you're smart and you're really looking into it and you really like think what you take from it is that i need to be ready for the next one if i'm around for the next one i need to be ready for it yeah financially mm-hmm. so the idea that nothing's promised it definitely makes sense and just thinking on that being ready, right, for just anything that hits or being able to withstand any financial storm that may or may not come your way, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, as a student, right, what advice do you have um, for other students, right, who are looking to supplement their income, right? Because obviously, if you find that one job isn't cutting it, right, um, based off of where you want to be or uh, your day-to-day expenses or monthly expenses for that matter, right? Yeah. I'm just wondering what ways can you go about supplementing your income? Yeah. Um, like do, I'm always like, I'm always, I've always been a hustler. Mm. Like even, even, even through high school, like yeah. well, people like I still talk to now, 
I'm like cliche, like you've always been about your money. You've always been working. You've always like, yeah, like I said, I've been working since I was 16. Like, you know, I've always been, you know, figuring out different ways, figure out something that you like and figure out something that you love to do and go for it. I think even if it's like getting a second job, if you want to get a second job somewhere, cool. Even if like you just want to start a business, go for it. Like there's so many opportunities, especially with like social media and stuff like that, that you're able to just create you know, more money to come in for you. Like, you know, I always tell people, but you have to make sure because you're going to make the mistake because people are going to think, okay, I'll just go get a second job. I'll go do this, whatever. But you have to make sure that your work, like work smarter, work smarter, not harder. So you need to make sure, like if you're going to make be making more money and you want to make more money, don't run yourself down by working two jobs, going from one job to the next, like right. seven days a week. Like, you know what I mean? It's not really ideal. So figure out what fits you, figure out what it is and then make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea of being worn down, working multiple jobs, have you yourself faced that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was working McDonald's and Lowe's, um, McDonald's, and I worked with the foster kids. Um, and then I was also, though, then after that, I just worked with the foster children. I was working with two different fostering agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally got this job at CMHA. And then I now have been working this one job. But I catch myself sometimes thinking, like, I should go pick up a second job. I should go pick up a second job. I should go pick up a second job. Because you know, it'll help me out. It'll help offset expenses. It'll help whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, you can't do any more. Like, you know, on top of like, you know, finance or you're helping people with their finances, which I do get gain some income from. And I also do nails on the side. So like, you can't do any more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I catch myself sometimes, but like you, we, yeah, like you need to be able to just make sure that you you're not running yourself down right right now in the interest of time i'm gonna ask you one more question okay yeah so what is your last piece of advice to all the listeners okay and in this context i want you to think what's one thing you wish you had known earlier on in life at least on the financial side of things yeah, I would just it would just be the saving. Like I wish I would have somebody would have been more disciplined with me with saving and, and learning to live off half my income. Yeah, I wish I, I wish somebody would have like you know, I would just that's what I wish because the amount of money that I would have if I start if I started saving. I was even working before I just realized before McDonald's I was you know delivering newspapers. Mm-hmm. So if I was saving that money. And then from now, from all the money that I made at McDonald's and the money that I've made, like I would have been a lot farther on my financial journey and also saving all the free money that I've, that I've come into because I've come into a lot of free money, especially Mm -hmm. being in school last semester alone, I gave, I got 9,600 and like, I don't know where that is, but like ask me where it went. I don't know. Um, But I I wish that I would have, you know, any free money that's come in, been a bit more disciplined and saved, and saved it, saved it. Mm-hmm. So at least with savings, right? Would it have been possible for it to have been automated instead of you personally saying, "Hey, this is what I'm working with. 
this is the percentage that I want to allocate to savings, right? Is there not a way that it can be automated? It can be automated, but you have to also have the, the willpower because mm-hmm. I've had automated savings yeah. and when I'm in a rut or I want to go shopping or I'm sad or I'm this, I'm that, then I'm going in there and I'm transferring the money out. Yeah. Even if it, even if it takes me at like a, a couple of business days for the money to get into my account, I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to have that, like, you know, that, that mindset that it's not there. It's not yours out of sight. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this, for coming to talk about uh, financial literacy and um, just you're adding your two cents, you know, because that's needed. You know, we really don't hear a lot of these conversations, at least um, from people our age. Uh, and when we do, it's usually later on in life. Yeah, so just starting this conversation and hopefully continuing it, you know, uh, that's important. So I just want to thank you. Okay. Yes, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything you want to let the listeners know about any upcoming things with your business? Yeah. If anybody wants to just follow my page or DM me, ask me any questions. I'm always open book. I'm, I've had people just come in and say, I need, I have this much money. I need to pay off my car. How long do you think it'll take me? And I've done some quick math equations with them. And it was just as simple as that, you know? So mm-hmm. like literally just come on down, send me a DM. I'm all good. Um, I'm doing a promotion at um, Woodbine on Canada day um, just to get, you know, the name out more so we're handing out water bottles that have the label and our um logo on it that says water your finance so if you're at woodbine i love that we'll be yeah right it's super cool (laughs) we'll be um we'll be down there from 11 to about maybe like five handing out water bottles um just to get the business you know name out and trying to touch as many lives as we can to help people get their finances in order so yeah that's great that's great thank you so much cal thank you so all things considered Whether you're old or you're young, financial literacy is something that you and I, we all have to know. Whether you just got your first big job or whether you're retiring, understanding how to manage or just maneuver with your finances is extremely important. Discussing money, taxes, how to go about making and sticking to a budget, that, yeah, it can seem daunting, but... I got some good news for you. If you use the right tools or just talk to the right people, staying on top of your finances is actually pretty intuitive. You already know what's going on, so just give I'll Never Be Broke Again a follow on Instagram and just tap into what Kalisha's offering because she offers a lot of practical advice from just a contemporary point of view. And taking in what she's saying and coupling that with your own research or advice that you seek out from others, that's setting yourself up for financial freedom in the future. 
So my hope is after listening to this episode that something inside you just just drives you to take action and plot your financial future. Just plot it properly, you know. It's time we shift away from just surviving to thriving, you know. <laughs>